everyone, and welcome to the Zombie Girls Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and joining me today is the full cast of lovely zombie ladies who are ready to talk a little bit about some haunted houses. Miss Ariel. Hello. Matilda. Hi there. And hanging in there in the hottest place on the planet, <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. Feels like forever Good. since we've all been together like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything exciting going on in y'all's lives? No. <laughs> you guys act like I don't ask you this. I've Okay, we are on episode 94. I've asked you guys oh this God, question so 94 times. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to see uh, Peaches Christ. In two weeks. Ooh, that's exciting. For their presentation of Death Becomes Her. Ooh, oh, yes. I'm so amazing. excited. Is it with it Jinx and so is it with Jinx and Dela? I think so. Oh, Yay. they're amazing. I saw their Christmas special live like a handful of years ago, pre-Pandy. And it was amazing. Oh, they're incredible. So much fun. That's awesome. All right. Well, since you guys don't have any answer to the usual question, I do have a warm-up question. Oh, okay. This is actually right. what my partner asked me the other day. I thought was really kind of like a fun thought experiment, which was when was the last thing, last time you tried something new and what was it? Yesterday. Okay. What was it? Well, okay. I couldn't necessarily try it because, you know, I'm still recovering from surgery, but uh took... Cat and our friend out to uh, sign up for kickball. Ooh, oh, fun. That sounds fun! Oh, fun! It's the LGBTQ plus league, so it was just kind of a way to meet other people outside of a bar. Right? Sure. Did you make new so, friends? Yeah, Cat's gonna be refing, and and our friend's gonna sign up to play. So I'm gonna be in the stands cheering them on. That's oh, awesome. that's great. That sounds like so much fun. We're going to have to get that's you some so pom-poms. <laughs> yeah. I've got some from an old pom-poms. piece. I'll send them. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Matilda? I can't think about the last, like, little thing I did that was new, but the last big thing I tried to do and during the pandemic, which I might have talked about, is trying tap dance, which I'm not good at. Oh, no. But it's super fun. The, the one instrument I ever played was drums. And so trying to learn to play it with different parts of your feet where you can hear every error mm. is fascinating, but it's also like super empowering to make a ton of noise. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm starting to get to the place where I can like kind of, there are other dancers that I know that have been doing it longer. So if they do something, I can like kind of do it back in a conversation, which is fun. That is really cool. I've never tried yeah. tap dancing before. I'd probably be terrible at it, but it looks fun. It's weird. Like your brain is like, do this and your feet are like, no, your brain goes like, do one, two, three, four. And it goes like, you know, in my mind, I'm great. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. That's like me and accents. In my mind, I can do them, but they don't come out that way. <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed them on the bonus episode. <laughs> maybe maybe you should, you know, like, we're always trying to plug the Patreon. Maybe you could give us a little taste, a little taste of what you can do no, in the accent no, world. Yeah. <laughs> that. Rachel's always trying to get me to do accents, and then she laughs at me when they're terrible. <laughs> that doesn't sound like me. This is character assassination. 
How about you, Ariel? Well, I'm not very good at talking to new people and strangers, but I have recently started to like force myself to make friends with my neighbors because somebody pointed out to me that the only people in my complex I talk to are elderly and that Mm -hmm. maybe I should make friends with people that are my own age. So I tried that and it worked out really well. Yeah. People who live on the third floor, I've started chatting with them every day and they have two cats that they take for walks. <gasps> so now they get to go and hang out with them while they watch walk their cat. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. I tried yeah. taking my dog with me the last time though cuz she loves cats. She like ha- is uninterested in other dogs, but she adores cats. It did not go well though. They did not want to be her friend. <laughs> the feeling was not mutual, <laughs> oh, no. I take it. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then you were that person that brought the dog to the catwalk. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What if the thing I did recently tried for the first time is goofy as hell, but okay. it also brought me a lot of joy. And it's partially, actually, largely to do with Miss Matilda over here. Oh. oh. So we all know that I am a practitioner of the charcuterie arts. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I literally bought a brand new charcuterie board yesterday because I'm going to be doing dual, like, <laughs> oh, two. Uh, yes, <laughs> dual uh, charcuteries on our trip next weekend mm, that we're all going mm-hmm. on together. I have attempted fruit carving. <gasps> nice. You did? How did it yes. go? It went well. Oh my God. Did you <laughs> make an apple swan? I made an apple swan. <laughs> oh, I made an I'm apple so swan happy. and I made some strawberry roses. <gasps> That's so cool. Uh, they didn't turn out very good. <laughs> but the swan went well. Nice. So prepare. Cool. Yes. Yeah, so you must prepare yourself. There shall be some fruit carving happening on the charcuterie board next weekend. You oh got to take God, pictures so and put them in the Discord. I want to see. Okay. Of course. Are you kidding me? I'm, of course I'm going to show it off. I have. <laughs> normally I just kind of wing it and like, you know, whatever happens on the board happens. But I've actually been mentally planning what I'm going to do with my boards this time. So hopefully they will. Hopefully I will be elevating this time around. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If it looks like shit, you won't see any. You won't see any photos. But if it turns (laughs) out like even remotely close to what I have planned, I will definitely put some photos in the discord. Awesome. Um, Nice. Yeah, but it like combines my love of like cooking and crafting. Yes. Well, it's food crafting. It's not cooking, which I hate. So that's this is and I'm like, oh, this is why people like cooking for other people. I get it now. It it taps into that same sort of part of my brain that makes me like love giving gifts, mm-hmm. like giving yeah. people a beautiful charcuterie board that I didn't have to cook anything on. It it kind of is that same sort of feeling. And in the same way, I'm like, how do I level up? Like, <laughs> 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 and you suggested fruit swans. And so then I went into like deep deep like fruit carving tiktok or and it's a thing oh. um, i so thought I'm, i was i was kind of kidding but i'm so excited to get to see this so i'm gonna need supply i'm gonna be bringing a lot of supplies because i'm gonna need my set of tools to make it happen properly but did yeah. you get like sculpture tools to do this no 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 no. but i did have some i did have some knives sharpened oh, okay <laughs> So yeah, that's the thing I did recently. Anyway, so I feel warmed up. Y'all feel warmed up? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Let's talk about what we've been watching. Uh, Ariel, your name comes first alphabetically. I don't know if you know this. It starts (laughs) with an A, which is the start of the alphabet. So would you like to go first and tell us what you've been watching? 
All right. So I finally got around to seeing Crimes of the Future after Matilda had recommended it. Oh. The new what did you think? Cronenberg movie. I liked it. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it is so deeply, deeply strange. But it has like so many weird, interesting body horror things that I hadn't really seen done before. Like the way that surgery works in this world is so compelling and odd. The way it's used as art, but also that the government doesn't like it and is trying to control it. The way people's bodies are changing. All of the sort of stuff he's saying about plastic and our environment. It's really interesting. I think Mm -hmm. it fails a little bit in that the plot is a little convoluted. Like there are so many ideas stuck into this movie that not all of them are as fleshed out as I wanted them to be. For instance, the two mechanic women, Matilda, do you know I'm talking about? The ones that work on the weird machines in that Mm -hmm. film. I feel like they were really interesting, but they didn't do enough with it. Now, Kristen Stewart, her character is fascinating. She has this almost Renfield-like quality to her a little bit. You normally see men playing that kind of role where there's a, a little bit lecherous, a little bit creepy, really weird, and a little off-putting, mm-hmm. but charming mm-hmm. too. And it's interesting to see a beautiful woman playing that role, you know? It's just... Yeah, because she brings all those same qualities to it. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah she absolutely does. There is a particular scene where if you don't like when people stick fingers in other people's mouths you are not going to like it with Kristen Stewart it's wild yes. <laughs> <laughs> um but ultimately I think it's just really interesting and I think that more people should be watching it because it just goes places that I wouldn't have expected when I started watching the movie the other thing that I've been watching is the new <laughs> Pretty Little Liars show oh, original sin <laughs> that's on head. HBO Max So I haven't gotten a chance to see all of the episodes yet. I think I've only seen five or six of them, maybe seven. But I'm really enjoying it. I know it's like it's kind of a dumb show. I mean, it's a pretty little liar's joint. Like it's going to be a little bit ridiculous and going to have dialogue that's a little bit cringe. But this time it's more slasher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a lot more. And so every ref- every episode is really heavy in horror movie slasher movie references, which is really fun as a horror fan to get to see. And so if you need something that's sort of light and fluffy and just kind of fun, but also has a mystery to it, this is definitely a fun show to watch if you're somebody especially who has watched a ton of slashers over the years. So I'd recommend it. So I saw Screeners. It's on HBO Max, so I know it's not like it's definitely more adult. Was there full male male nudity in the version you saw? Are you talking about the shower scene? Yes. No. (laughs) No. Interesting. Because I was like kind of taken aback by it. Like it was full Mm. frontal. And I was like, no. I mean, they make it clear. They make it clear that he's 100% naked and that everybody else is not a fan of the fact that he did that. But you as an audience don't see it. He's strategically Is, placed. Okay. and Well, okay. The scene I'm specifically talking about, there was a bunch of guys and they were all naked. Huh. So same. It's in the first episode when they're showing oh. the locker room. Oh. Shit. Have I gotten so used to male frontal nudity that I don't even remember? <laughs> I, I, I don't care. <laughs> I just, I it's whatever. I don't care. I'm not like freaked out by it yeah. or anything. I was just kind of like, whoa. 
Yeah, I just that saw is strange it. because you you think of it more as a show targeted towards a younger That's audience. Exactly. Like yeah. it wouldn't Where, like, be the original weird. never would have shown something like that. In yeah. like slasher or something like that that is a little yeah. more geared towards an adult audience. So I was just kind of like, okay, HBO Max. To the max, I guess. Max nudity. <laughs> well, shit. If that's the scene you're talking about, I have no idea because I only vaguely remember that episode now. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't if you end up going back, let me know if you see what you see. Actually, you know what? I'm going to be – I actually have a little project regarding that that series in the works, so I'll find out for myself. I'll go on my own dick hunt. Okay, Thank well, you very much. Okay. <laughs> well, when, you, when you complete your dick hunt, you'll have to let me know. Okay. Goes. I'll let you know. <laughs> Sarah, what have you been watching? Well, I noticed you have this one on your list too, uh, Matilda, as Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys yeah. finally finished Stranger Things? I yes. haven't finished mm-hmm. it. Don't spoil the end. Oh, shit. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> Girl, I can't help it. I have to watch so much stuff for I know, work. I know. <laughs> well, well, okay. All I'm going to say is that, well, yeah, because you've gotten to the, to the basketball game, right? Oh, I mean, Rachel? I've seen the first, I would say, first half. Of the, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, um, I think I'm close to where it split for the second part. I've seen several episodes. I just have, I, I have, and I know like one, one person who dies. You can't avoid that, right? Yep, yeah. Yep. But, um, <laughs> but other than that, I don't really know. I assume it ends with Eleven with her arm out screaming at something, and then <laughs> like roll credits. Like <laughs> I don't think you can spoil that for me because it's literally the end of every season. Well, but no, what I was, what I was gonna say is the gal who plays Vicky, Robin's crush. Mm-hmm. You should uh, uh, actually fun series that a friend of ours kids are into that's on Netflix is called Anne with an E. I love mm-hmm. that show. Yes, yeah, that show is so queer. <laughs> is it? It really is. Like texturally queer or like spiritually queer? Both, actually. There's a character really? in there who's somebody's aunt who comes to live oh, with, with the family yeah. because her best friend died. Mm-hmm. 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 And you know, it's got a little Boston Anne, marriage going on. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then and then Anne is is so excited to find out that she doesn't have to marry her and her best friend, who's her world and her sun and her moon. You know, Diana Barry. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, that they can they can live together and they don't need husbands. Oh, poor Gil. <laughs> I grew up with the original series. I'm a yeah, little bit too. of an Anne purist because when I was a kid, I was a very awkward redheaded child with a big vocabulary, so comparisons really. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so did you end up liking stranger things yeah i'm kind of interested on where it's gonna go considering how it ended and especially because the the duffer brothers have said that they're planning on time jumping they the next season to, they, to account yeah, they for the to. ages Kids are that they're planning <laughs> that they're like talking about time jumping it like five yeah. years yes. and depending and and considering how it ends i don't know how they could do that right i was thinking yeah. the exact same thing yeah, hmm. they may, hmm. it would make way more sense this season to have it start immediately after, but they clearly mm-hmm. can't do that. So I'm curious to see how they'll maybe they'll it. do that thing where they'll do like one scene that they've already shot and then oh yeah, then time mm-hmm. yeah, that would maybe. make sense. But even one yeah. scene, I feel like wouldn't really. Like they don't up. try mm-hmm. to de-age anybody. Ugh. Oh god, I <laughs> yeah, hate the weird. de-aging of Eleven. Yeah, I know that mm-hmm. they. I guess had to do it for the plot. I just think it it doesn't look good enough. It's it. it I find it. We're not there yet. 
No, no, no. We're not. just hire a younger yeah. actor. No, and I don't know about you all, but Rachel, you're kind of alluding to this. Like, season three was fine, but I felt like Stranger Things was like, okay, okay, we get it, we get it. But this season got me back mm. because it has so much. It, it's different, and it goes into some places that Sarah, I know you also love, which is kind of the like '80s Satanic Panic stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fun, especially around D and D. And heavy yes. metal. Yeah. It, it just, it went into, it, it got deeper and it went different places and it's warmer and less mm-hmm. kind of thinking it's clever than season three. I think this season is just kind of relationally warmer than the other mm-hmm. ones. And, and mm-hmm. less, and, and even though there was a lot of Mike and Eleven, they weren't the driving force. Right. Yeah. And even though there was a lot of Joyce and Hopper, the will they won't they wasn't there because the, of the story arc it took you know there comes a point when they they got to shoot their shot but it wasn't just a lot of like tell him now tell him fuck right yeah, come on yeah, tell yeah, him yeah, right. fuck you know right right and people got to like have complexity and mm-hmm. the character god i'm not going to remember his name he's also in fleabag maury Who's with Hopper and yes, he. Has I a love lot. him so him. much. The the whole, so I saw much the karate plane scene and I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. I was like, wait, he's yeah, actually good like- at karate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the twist I didn't see coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I love how much of him this season has, and yeah, and just that like each character you get to, as opposed to like any kids on bikes kind of show, right? Mm-hmm. That that mm-hmm. has this is the this one in the group, and the this one in the group. They all get fuller this season. Yeah, you get to feel more than one way about them, which is nice. I feel like Jonathan has become incredibly superfluous on the show. Does anybody else feel that way? Or yeah, maybe they the second do much yeah. with him this season. In no. fact, I thought they made him less likable than he ever has been before, and I don't quite mm-hmm. understand why. I did enjoy his friend. Though. Argyle was awesome. <laughs> okay, I'm glad. We're all he team Argyle so around funny. here, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. is not usually a character I enjoy. It's hard for that character not to go full Polly Shore, but Argyle sure. yeah. is pretty great. I mean, honestly, he was on that American Vandal show, so at this point, yes. yeah, whenever I see him, I'm just like, yeah, I also am really enjoying the sort of resurgence of Paul Reiser, too, between Stranger Things and then his hilarious role in The Boys, you know? Oh, yeah, right. yeah. yes, Renaissance. Have, have you ever seen uh, it's an Amazon show called Royal Oaks? It takes place in the 80s. Yes, I have yeah. seen it. Dude, Paul, he's, he's good in that, brilliant in that. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's a fun one. All right, Tilly, what have you been watching? We had a kind of interesting little weekend of uh, Neil Gaiman <laughs> over fun, here fun. last weekend. There's a little local opera company in Oakland that did a, the Coraline Opera. Rad. That's so cool. Which was cool. totally opera patrons, I think, and like a few Coraline fans is what it looked like. <laughs> and we got like, it was, I'm sorry to say for this opera company, but great for COVID, like not entirely well attended. So it felt comfortable. Nice. Yeah, and they what they did with Coraline on the stage was super cool. They had the sets that moved and everybody had these stockings that they would pull over their face with big buttons over them oh, that were neat. so creepy. And rather than the spider mother, the other mother had these huge Freddy Krueger red fingernails. Amazing. Ooh. 
She would just kind of like level up the housewife clothes to like almost kinky housewife clothes. Like I was pretty into it. So that was super fun. All right. Really quickly, I'll go through mine, which I saw the black phone. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) I know you've seen it. Has anybody else seen it? No. Do I need to see it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to report, but yes. I read the story it's based on, God, probably about five, six years ago, and Mm -hmm. it, it was really good. Well, you're going to need to see the movie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think it's on Peacock now or it something is, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So oh, okay. it's, it's directed by Scott Derrickson, who directed Sinister, the first Doctor Strange film, Emily, uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose, one of the um, Hellraiser sequels, which retroactively I'm starting, it's starting to grow on me a little bit. <laughs> so it's like you said, it's based on a story uh, by Joe Hill, son of Stephen King. And weirdly this movie's done a little bit divisive with crowds but because uh, yeah. i was surprised when i when the credits rolled on this i looked at my partner and was like that was good and so i figured it was going to be like you know pretty Slam widespread yeah. fan mm-hmm. but some people do have some issues with it and weirdly their issues with it kind of are things i like about it so do with that as you will like a lot of people okay. are mad that there's not a lot of backstory for the killer and i'm like I don't really actually need that. I feel like I can use context clues as to why he is the way he is. I'm also not that interested in his motivations. I'm more interested in his impact, but okay, whatever. If you want to be mad about that, do you, boo. Well, everybody (laughs) wants every every killer, slasher, whatever to be, you know, fucking Jason and Freddy and Michael and have all these huge... You know, I don't mythos need that. and everything. Yeah. And I don't need that. No, I mean, and we didn't need that in the first Halloween either. Yeah. What makes no. sometimes what makes somebody the most scary is you don't fucking know. Yeah. 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 Maybe yeah. you need that more if you need to identify with them more. Ooh. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me started. I've been messing around on the uh boys' Facebook fandom and there's oh, a lot of people that R.I.P. are like, Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. yeah, that's oh, a dark Stormfront's my favorite character. Uh-oh. You mean you mean you really enjoy the actress in the role? No, she's my favorite character. Ew, these people should not watch. They don't get it. They obviously don't understand the show. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you like Stormfront, you don't understand the boys. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Like, finally, representation. You got you got some inner work to do. You got some work to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so obviously the two leads in this are child actors, Mason Thames and Madeline McCraw, and they are excellent in this. This movie, if they did not have really good kid actors, would not work, but especially Madeline are amazing. And Ethan Hawke, I don't know what this phase of his career is, but I am very into villainous Ethan Hawke. He is terrifying in this. Mm. He does very very little especially because he's masked 99 percent of the time but there he just like exudes this quiet menace Mm -hmm. that is way scarier than if he was actually overtly threatening at any point i mean he is at some points overtly threatening but just there's a moment where he's sitting in a chair chilling that that i think about and just go and he's just sitting in a chair but You'll know why it's upsetting when you watch it. (laughs) And the mask itself is really great. It's this really cool narrative device because it's in sections. There's like the the eyes part and then the mouth, which is interchangeable. And the way it's used to communicate the sort of artifice that he's trying to present at that moment, as well as where we are in terms of the ritual, is really compelling and interesting. 
And I don't know. I just think it's great. Absolutely. You guys should see it. It's really, really, really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good time. And it it made me sort of nostalgic for those late 70s, mm-hmm. early 80s kids kind of horror movies, because although it's dealing with dark subject matter, it doesn't show a lot of that, thankfully. And what you do get, I thought, was really fun where these kids are trying to figure stuff out, you know? Yeah, because yeah, there's like a mystery aspect yeah. to it. Yeah, and totally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I definitely think you guys should check it out, especially if you ha- have access to Peacock. It's a it's a really it's a good time. So, yeah, that is what I have been watching. Do you guys need a little break or should we get right into our reviews? Before we take a break or go, can I ask Matilda a question? Because I yeah, just remembered that I had wanted to ask you something about crimes of the future and then I totally forgot. Yeah, of course. Okay. So I was wondering in that film if you think that David Cronenberg was intentionally trying to say something about disability. So the fact that there are facial differences and sort of extreme but naturally occurring changes that are happening to people's bodies that in one part of society are deemed to be like really beautiful, but in the, I don't know, the government and this other agency thinks that they're illegal and they need to be controlled by the government. And it made me think that maybe he was trying to say something there about the way that our society, our government treats disabled folks. But I couldn't tell if I was just reading too much into it or if that was the filmmaker's intention. That's such an interesting question. I went in a similar to a similar place because there was this kind of tension around like, if you have a physical difference, do you like the government wants you to be kind of assimilationist about it? And there's an underground that doesn't and that believes it's actually adaptive and that the adaptivity is beautiful. I hope so. I hope he's trying to say that about it. Yeah. It's just interesting because I listened to some other podcasts that were talking about it and read some reviews and nobody really took that angle. And so then I started to think like, am I falling into the Rachel trap and have I put on my tinfoil hat? Or hey! Like- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> listen, I know myself. <laughs> I know myself. I accept it. <laughs> I mean, it's hard because I, I mean, I think one of the reasons I really adore body horror is around and the place I connect to it is mm-hmm. kind of coming into like having a non-normative body right yeah and the way that that gets dealt with in horror and i feel like body horror has so many interesting parts of that and i think that this movie does really interesting stuff with it and there's assistive technology right yes totally in this movie that's super interesting yeah 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 it does that makes me want to watch it again with that lens me too (laughs) a little bit more (laughs) all right cool let's get into it now sarah you got to program this episode. What are we watching and why are we watching it? <laughs> uh, we're watching House and House 2, mm-hmm. Second Story, because we had come off of like Hagazusa and a couple <laughs> other films. And I just, I think we all just needed the break. We yeah, were all having <laughs> just like a bunch of crap fall down on us. And uh, yeah. So, yeah. So you were merciful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> appreciate that, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> Although I'd like to note, Freeway is available on Shutter. Oh. Okay. I would okay. watch the first Freeway again. The first. Although I worry, I don't know how parts of it have aged. I'm guessing there's going to be some, 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 Ariel will have some things to say. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. I haven't actually seen that series, so. <sighs> I haven't either. It'd be interesting. <laughs> Maybe Sarah, just so we can keep our love of it intact, we shouldn't go there. <laughs> we won't be judged for loving that movie. <laughs> um, oh, 
awesome. All right. Well, before we review it, what is our spoiler policy here, Miss Sarah? We spoil the shit out of everything. Mm-hmm. And these movies are almost 40 years old. So if you haven't seen them by now, that's that's on you. They're on Shudder. Yeah, they're Very on Shudder. Easy. They're on AMC Plus and they're, they're also on- free to watch on Tubi. On yeah. Tubi. Uh huh. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, there you go then. Well, then you really have no excuse. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's talk about House. What's our background on this one? Yeah, so House is written by Fred Decker, who was mm-hmm. inspired by Twilight Zone, the movie. That makes and sense. And he and his friends had talked about making a horror anthology movie. And so originally, this movie is written as a pretty straight-ahead horror movie with no humor. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, and it's adapted by the screen by Ethan Wiley, who was also in this group that wanted to make like an anthology, who added huh. all of the comedic beats to this. And Fred Decker was not pleased, but then Fred Decker must have been okay with some comedic beats and things because he went on to write Night of the Creeps very quickly after this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the Monster Squad. Oh, yeah. And interestingly, the director, Stephen Wiley, and the producer, whose name is escaping me right now, both of them had been involved in like the Friday the 13th franchise. And director Stephen Wiley was coming off making straight up horror movies and wanting to widen his scope and was not having much success in getting anybody to sign on with him for that. So this movie actually helped him a lot because he was able to branch out of, he, he still did some horror, but he was able to branch out of horror and make other movies such as after this movie, he went on to make 1986's soul man. See Thomas Howell. And if, yikes. If we want to talk about a movie that is aged poorly. Uh, oh, really? I, I think that, yeah. Do you, do you remember this movie, Ariel? Vaguely. This is C. Thomas premise? in blackface <laughs> oh. to go to college. It, it, it's not. It, it's, it's, oh, it, oh, God, I don't remember that. He takes he I takes experimental it, pills by copper tone to increase his melatonin. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So, well, so that he can get into a college, right? Like, Or so that he can, like, ooh, yeah, well, well, scholar, what hap- like, have okay. the scholarship. He's so dull as all. What happens, basically. yeah, what happens is he steals a he steals an African uh, African American scholarship from somebody yeah. because his parents decide that they're not going to pay for him to go to college even though he got into Harvard. They blew his money, like, remodeling the pool or some shit. Because mm-hmm. oh he, he comes from means. Wow. Ariel, it comes from I, big means. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm glad I never got around to seeing that one. Ariel, is, I put a photo in the, the Discord for okay. you. It is okay. a cringe fest. You to will end never all feel cringe the same fest? way about the outsiders. Yes. Yeah, it is the cringe yeah. fest to end all cringe fest. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> what the yes. fuck? And then what after the that, fuck? Stephen Wiley also went on to direct the pilot episode of The Wonder Years. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah, so he was able to kind of broaden from horror a little bit. Um, yeah, but the other... director is Stephen Miner, isn't it, for this one, the first one? Yeah. Okay. Oh, God, I'm saying, oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 that's I fine. You were talking about the writer. Places. You're right. Yeah, because I think the director, he also did, like, Halloween H2O and yes. Lake Placid. Stephen yeah. Miner? And right Warlock? Hello! Oh, I forgot about Warlock, you're right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Right, so he stayed in that, but he also got to branch out a little bit for better or for worse. Yeah. Interestingly, in this movie, other contenders for the lead female role were Sigourney Weaver and Glenn Close. Wild. Weird. Wild. Two of the people they had in mind. It doesn't specify whether either of them were interested in this. That's hilarious. Oh, he also directed Lake Placid. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's always shit. Oh, I missed that. Sorry, sir. Busy sending you really upsetting photos from oh, Soul God. Man. Elaine <laughs> <laughs> from Seinfeld was in it. That is not the important part of that. Photo. <laughs> <laughs> These are wild pictures. Like, what the hell? What year did that come out? 86, 87? Uh, I feel like yeah. that's too late. It, 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 it I mean, kind of was. time was too late. I mean, agreed, but the 80, like, <laughs> Mid to late 80s feels way too late. It was, yeah. yeah. I remember seeing it in theaters. Yeah. Oh, no, Damn. Man. It was practically in syndication on cable in like oh, the late shit. 80s and early 90s. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In upper it cable. It was everywhere. Rough. Oh, Rough yeah. Stuff. Somehow I missed it. Jeez. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and interesting. I think your parents were like, no. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. And the practical effects folks on this were great. And we'll talk about this later. But the war demon in this movie was an elaborate puppet measuring 18 feet and controlled by 15 people. Whoa. Wow. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. yeah. That's and so cool. there are a couple goofs where you can see under some things. But like, yeah, who yeah. cares? Because the practical yeah. effects in this thing look great. And like many other movies from the 70s to the 90s, this one focuses on the trauma related to the Vietnam War and how that impacted people, mm-hmm. which kind of this era of movie making is really interesting. This talks about a new understanding of the psychology of trauma. So we often mm-hmm. have very concrete flashbacks and that kind of thing to show that. But it marked a national transition from seeing war as something glorious to seeing it as something damaging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I think that for our whole lives, that's been kind of the understanding. Right. That it, it really yeah. was this moment in movies. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember watching the old war movies with, with my dad and uh, like the, the World War II ones and stuff like Bridge Over the River Kwai and mm-hmm. Baba Black Sheep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, war is, you know, it's honor and it's valor and it's, you know, doing the right thing in tough situations. And then you get Hamburger Hill and you get platoon and platoon. yeah and it's right. like things get, change you even get apocalypse now and it's like no this shit's just fucked yeah, yeah. all right cool that was really interesting thank you tilly yeah sure. you also have the synopsis for this right i do right so this direct again house is 1985 directed by steve minor let me correct <laughs> myself sorry about that written by fred decker uh who's maybe gonna die mad about this and ethan wiley and it stars william cat jay lens and george went also known as norm from cheers yeah mm-hmm. that will matter soon when we get yes. to the second film <laughs> yes so the plot of this movie horror no- novelist roger cobb recently experienced the devastating disappearance of his young son and the breakup of his marriage When his eccentric aunt is found dead by an apparent suicide in her rambling Victorian mansion, Roger moves in to write his next book based on his previous experiences in Vietnam. But as he remembers the horrors of the past, he begins to experience some uncanny happenings in the house, (laughs) all under the steady surveillance of neighbor Norm from Cheers. Could these spooky doings shed light on his aunt's suicide or his son's disappearance? excellent excellent now sarah like i said you are our programmer for this episode how was it revisiting this film for you and and also like because this is a cult classic when did you first see it this was one of those main staples on on early hbo and early cable and i remember what really stuck out in, in my head was not all the vietnam stuff but when he shoots his wife 
because mm. she she pops up in the uh, as that yeah. creature. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, I mean, it was interesting revisiting it because like I forgot a, a lot about it. It's actually darker than I remembered it, and yeah. still a lot of fun though. How about you, Matilda? Was this a first watch for you? Yeah, both of these were first watches for me. Aha, excellent, mm-hmm. excellent. So what mm-hmm. did you think of House? It was super fun. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it, it's funny to watch these because this is the era of movie making that I grew up with. So it's like I could be nostalgic for something I'd never seen before. Like it oh, is yeah. because it's so clearly of its time that even though I'd never seen it before, it felt like a perfect 80s. It felt like I had watched it as a kid. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. This is one that, I mean, like, I think more than the movie itself was the box art loomed Mm -hmm. large over my childhood. Uh I think we can all um, picture exactly what it looks like. The hand (laughs) ringing the doorbell. I mean, like, when you're a kid and you see that, like, is there anything scarier? I don't know that there is. It has some of the best box art in the VHS era, in my opinion. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Very creepy. And then I will get into it when we get into the second one. But I had seen the second one way before the first one. I, I that was a childhood staple. But so over the years, I've tried to watch this and I've never been successful until this time because it's kind of two movies smushed together. Right. Yes. There's sort of this sort of, you know, kind of sad drama that's about the dissolution of a marriage, the loss of a child, yeah. trauma from P- and PTSD from the war. And then there's this sort of wacky, fun, monster haunted <laughs> horror mm-hmm. film, right? And it takes a while for that second film to show up. And I don't know that I ever like got far enough into it to get hooked. And I think it's about that time that you said where the wife shows up and it leads to the shooting and all that kind of stuff that the movie really takes a turn. And I, I, and becomes very fun. And I was a little bit like, I was excited to watch house Two, but I was dreading this one a little bit and then ended up coming away from it. Really liking this a lot. You know, George went is a ton of fun in this. He feels like he actually has been stolen from the cast of the burbs. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Totally yeah. <laughs> the way he stops in with a midnight snack. Yes! Unannounced felt very yes! burbs. <laughs> and just like inserting him into yeah. his, his, you know, life, like <laughs> taking the phone, no, phone book and calling the, all those things are very burbs esque for me. So that was a big selling point. Even his little introduction where he's like, Oh, this woman was a crazy old bat, but she had a heart of gold. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the the creature effects in this are incredible. Like I love how ooey and gooey and sort of evil dead light they are. Yeah. It's you know, like evil dead for kids. Yes. In some ways, it, which is weird because then it's also this, like I said, also this very sad, traumatic grief movie. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's a lot of visual flair in this. I think that like particularly in the, where he goes through the mirror and he's like dropping into yeah. that black mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. just nothing. And then the gargoyle with big golden child energy shows up. I loved all of that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The end of golden child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I ultimately came away from this really, really enjoying it. I see why it's a cult film. It's, it's wacky. It's got a lot of rough edges, but I don't know. You can just kind of shrug it off because of the pleasure of flying gardening tools or that creeping hand or, <laughs> you know, like there's a lot or those like kind of 
uh, killer clowns from outer space adjacent toddlers that pull the kid up yes. through the chimney. Like, what was mm-hmm. that? I loved it. The I big don't know. eyes and yes. the wrinkles. Yeah. And, yeah. And you yeah. can yeah. see cool. kind of like what the budget was, especially in the flashback Vietnam scenes where you're like, oh you're, my in a, God. you're in a houseplant nursery right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. I, lo- like, I, I don't know. <laughs> weirdly charmed by all that, though. Me too. Mm-hmm. It takes a little while to get started, but I think your patience is definitely rewarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How yeah. about you, Miss Ariel? Yeah. I mean, I think I mostly agree with you. This is one that I had seen probably once when I was a kid and hadn't seen since. And I've never seen the second or I had never seen the second one until today or <laughs> when I watched it. <laughs> um, so I didn't really remember House all that well. Like the special effects stuff kind of stuck with me the monster stuff but i didn't remember all the other stuff at all i did not remember that there was a vietnam war plot line (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so (laughs) when all of that stuff started happening i was like huh this is different because it was not what i was expecting i think that you're right that it's kind of a couple of movies smushed into one and so tonally it's a little odd going back and forth, you know, where I feel like some other movies or that came out around that same time, like Fright Night, Evil Dead 2, Return of the Living Dead, kind of get that balance of humor and horror a little bit better. On the other hand, this one has so much stuff in it that's just pure 80s delight that I didn't mind so much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like every time we would go to like a Vietnam War flashback, it wasn't my favorite thing because it it just it's like it kept pulling me out of where I wanted to be, which was in this house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Fighting a swordfish. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, yes. do you think that's where Big Mouth Billy Bass came from? I had the yes. same question. <laughs> yeah, same. Same. Yes. <laughs> and we want and those to meet the same end, I feel like. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and so – you know, like you guys are saying, these these practical effects are so goopy and they definitely remind me of some of the stuff from the Twilight Zone movie. I mean, they're mm. very similar in mm. that way. The sort of ooey gooeyness, but also just a real goofiness and silliness to and slapstick quality to them. Mm-hmm. So I think this movie is really fun, but there are just some odd choices with what they choose to leave in. For instance, I love that scene where the monster hand is attached to that kid's back. <laughs> That scene oh, is yeah. so funny and so comical. Mm-hmm. But why was that scene even in the movie? Like having him have this extended babysitting scene with this woman who then never comes into the movie again. You think maybe she's going to be a love interest or something, but totally is just written out right after that scene happens. It's just odd choices. But ultimately, I don't mind so much because I had a good time. I would say the other odd choice is some of the music. Did you guys notice that? There was like a Linda Ronstadt song and yeah, like an Emmy weird, song. There's some that, weird musical Yeah, they choices. don't match what's happening <laughs> yeah. on screen yeah. at all. It just felt like somebody was like, you know what? I love these songs. Let's just shoehorn them in. I don't give a shit. And they weren't you know? even necessarily the art, the regular artist version either. Right. They were they were like some like eighties sitcom, you know, reimaginings of the song. <laughs> it was just strange, you know? And that's kind of the thing about this movie is that there's a lot of strange stuff that happens in it. I mean, the scene where we spoil everything here. So where he shoots his wife, who I mean it turns out not to be his wife, but he shoots her and he thinks she's dead in the middle of you know, his front porch where everybody can see. Luckily nobody does, but all of a sudden the movie gets really dark again. 
And then he pulls her inside, and it's this kind of goofy thing where he's like, Hi, gotta jinx. hide the body from Hi, the cop. Hi, jinx are afoot. <laughs> Which yeah. I love that part of it. It's just yeah. this odd juxtaposition. Even the way that we find his uh, aunt dead. You know, a lot of times yeah. when we see somebody dead from hanging, you just see their feet. You know, you usually don't get the full thing. This movie was like, we'll just show the whole damn thing for you. It's mm-hmm. a kid's movie, but we're going to show the whole thing. Although I don't know if this really is a kid's movie. I mean, I guess it is, but... I know, there are some knowing, choices in it that are so odd that you know. yeah yeah and knowing the history between those writers made sense that it was written as this like very dark horror movie and then somebody came along yes. and was like <laughs> oh, right like, <laughs> 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 yeah and also that it started as an anthology makes sense to me too because there are a few different you know yeah. things going on here <laughs> yeah that don't always mesh together a hundred percent but again. I just think if you watch it, you're probably going to have a good time, you yeah. know, and that's yeah. kind of the most important thing. So mm-hmm. agree. I mean, like it takes it's it takes some risks like it takes it it goes some places, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I kind of kind of loved it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I had yeah. fun with it. I think maybe you're right, because like I, I consume such dark content typically. Yeah. And I don't know that I would have stayed with this if it wasn't an assignment. And then, like, I came away from it just being like, yeah, I I just experienced a, a feeling of happiness. Yeah, right. I remember that. Right. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. It's like on uh, More Deadly, we cover so many movies that are really dark and riddled really with trauma dark. and abuse yes. and stuff like that. And then we had a guest come on who was like, let's watch Freddy's Dead. And it's such a goofy movie, but I think Rachel and I both needed that. Breather, like I needed you know? it. Yeah. Yes. It was yeah. like almost like uh, medicinal <laughs> horror watching. <laughs> it was therapeutic. I actually had a question about that. Okay. So my question for you all is which modern day art horror movie would you like to see updated by Ethan Wiley so you <laughs> could have emotional relief while you watch it? <laughs> oh, wow. Hereditary. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was going to say Midsummer. Midsummer like would lend itself to a lot of uh, goofiness. Right. The yes. hammer. I mean, you could make that into a total Looney Tunes thing. Mm-hmm. The head coming off in Hereditary, that could be turned into I'm a just thinking, <laughs> Yeah, that dinner scene where she's like, yeah, I wish it was you. Like, And then, but then they break out into Deo. <laughs> Beetlejuice style would be incredible. <laughs> right, because there's the like tension, break the tension with the humor, right? Like um, yeah, yeah. Hannah Gadsby talks about, right? Like break the thing with the humor. And we've had so many movies that don't break it with humor. And no. this one... You come away feeling joy, even though there's been heavy stuff. Right. Is that why Nope is so incredible? <laughs> because it yeah. totally does that cycle. I mean, I think of- that that's why Jordan Peele generally, I yeah. think he's mm-hmm. excellent yeah. at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Because yeah, I think I mean, that you, like those other movies are really important and I love a lot of them and I'm so glad I've seen them. But you need this balance where there's other stuff too that's more lighthearted and silly and fun, you know? I mean, this is a movie that would never be made today, right? Or if it did, it would be some, I guess maybe it, it would if like, it, it'd and be it would show up on Shutter or something. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, the money that went into the budget of the prosthetics and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think you'd be hard-pressed to get that kind of money for this movie today. I mean, what's interesting is that it's light. it lightens it without being disrespectful, which Mm, is a hard needle to thread, you know? Mm. So do you think that all of the PTSD, Vietnam War trauma stuff was handled well, Matilda? Yeah, I mean, I think it was fine, and I think it was very in keeping with, like, the understanding of it at the time, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. 
And, you know, it's like George Wentz's character, you know, he's telling him what's going on and, and William Katz telling him what's going on and, and, and George Wentz is just like, okay, buddy, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah, and he's and he's willing to sit up with him and watch the closet, you know, even though he you know he doesn't necessarily believe him, but he's willing to be there because he's like, obviously this guy needs somebody there. Yeah. yeah. And then it happens and he's like, oh, shit. Fuck, yeah. Right. <laughs> and even when he calls the guy's wife to tell her, he's like, I think it may be some, you know, flashback sort of stuff happening. Yeah. I think if you're a, a horror fan who wants to have wants to see something that you will definitely enjoy, along with something that's a little more kid friendly to have around. And mm-hmm. I feel this I, I feel like, you know, this the second one also has a lot of kid friendliness to it. You can put this on with your six-year-old, and if your six-year-old is, you know, an average six-year-old, probably won't have nightmares about this. Mm. You know, and that. Yeah. But I would rec- definitely recommend this for about you know eight to eight to fourteen-year-olds. I think they that are getting into horror would definitely dig this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're mm-hmm. probably right. All right, Matilda, would you recommend? Yeah. Ariel, would you recommend? Yeah, totally. Sarah? Yes. I would also heartily recommend. I liked this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Fun, <laughs> fun fact, one of the cops, the, the white cop, Alan Autry, former mayor of Fresno. Oh, hey, weird. look at this. Fresno <laughs> royalty in this movie. Which came first, the mayoral run or the movie? The movie. Ah, I mean, didn't. they just handed him the yeah. mayoral after they saw this. They were like, <laughs> well, you're yeah. the man. Uh, he's, he spent like 10 years or however long it was running playing uh, Bubba on Heat of the Night. Oh so, shit! That was Bubba from Heat of the Night. You're right. Yeah, so that's that's why oh, a lot of folks still refer to him as Mayor Bubba. I didn't realize he ever became the mayor of Fresno. Crazy. Yeah, he was on Grace Under Fire and yeah. a few other shows. Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. Huh? Wasn't the Night Court guy in this movie too? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Bull, Bull plays the yeah. um, the the, <laughs> the Vietnam. Vietnam vet guy. Yeah. My cats are so cute. I'm sorry. They're really cute right now. <laughs> Rachel. Bryce is like looking at me with like big eyes. I'm just like, Aww. God damn it. I love you. Okay. Sorry. All right. Let's move on to house to the second story. Now, Sarah, you have the background for this one. Tell us about this movie. Okay. So house to the second story is from 1987 and it was actually written and directed by Ethan Wiley from the original based off the original fred decker script it had a three million dollar budget it grossed 10 million dollars worldwide in the theater it's got a seven percent rating on seven percent on rotten That's tomatoes some bullshit a seven percent ratings i looked it up this morning on rotten tomatoes and an audience rating of 47 percent that makes more sense low. yeah so low. i mean personally and I'm, I'm going to say it personally, I think Rotten Tomatoes has just got their heads up their ass on mm-hmm. pretty much everything. And I yeah. never believe their tomato meter. But yeah, they were definitely wrong on this one for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, that's all I got for you guys. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, this one, let's this get one in. was a lot harder to find stuff on. Yeah, yeah I could yeah. see that. I could see that being the case. A lot of it was just like, it's goofy. It has better special effects than the first one. Yeah. That's yeah. true, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. the guy who goofified the first script is now the director. Of this yeah. yeah. And he also wrote this script. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, Ethan. <laughs> All right, Matilda, why don't you lay that synopsis on us real quick? Yeah, so in House 2, the second story, like we said, Ethan Wiley, the goofifier of House 1, both wrote and directed this one, and it stars Ari Gross, Jonathan Stark, and Royal Dano, and Bill Maher as himself. <laughs> and although technically this is a sequel to the first movie, House 2 does not involve the same characters or the same house as the original film. In this one, Jesse is the new owner of his birth parents' house slash castle, kind of looks like a decommissioned casino. After <laughs> inheriting this property, he comes to stay with his girlfriend, a spoiled and petulant record label scout, and his goofy friends, Charlie and Lana. As Jesse begins to learn more about his birth family through the artifacts in the house, they discover his great-great-grandfather was in possession of an Aztec crystal skull with sapphires for eyes. Zombie hijinks and lots of drunk driving ensue. <laughs> True. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, Sarah, again, you you programmed this. How was it returning to House Two, and how did you first come about, like, first see it? Okay, so House Two was another one that was all over uh, cable, and it was always like on syndication and stuff. And honestly, the only thing I really remember of it is the little worm dog. Yeah, <laughs> the dog a pillar. Yep. <laughs> and it's like every now and then something in my head will be like, "What was that movie with that like dog a pillar thing? What was that?" <laughs> so cute. <laughs> I yeah, want. I, I thought they would be uh, too, you know, a, a good one to follow up with House since it's so goofy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, how about you, Matilda? You said this was a first watch for you, yes? Yeah, this was a first watch, and I watched it a month ago and then rewatched it this week. The going back to it was a little tougher because I was like, no, 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 I've already done this. Like, <laughs> like, and the last thing I had seen was Nope. And so, like, yeah, the curve that's was a rough. little tough. That's rough. Yeah, curve yeah, was a little bit. tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I liked this one a little less than the first one because it was, instead of having that tension between the tones, this one was uh, just a full goofy ride at the amusement park. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's like a wannabe frat house comedy of the era. Yeah. 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 yeah I can see that. Yeah, yeah. It definitely has some elements of 80s movies that I am less interested Do in revisiting in the 2020s. <laughs> But it, it also is a ton of fun. And the um, there's the little dog that you're talking about, like the dog that looks like a glowworm with a dog's face. And then there's yeah. the bird I really love. I love mm -hmm. the bird. I love mm -hmm. the bird. Because he's very Henson-esque. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it the second time I watched it, it seemed like kind of longer and shaggier than the first time. Mm -hmm. I felt the length of it a little bit more. But it's also very, very fun and pretty kid-friendly as long as you're willing to have some conversations with your kid about the standards were different in the 80s. For women. <laughs> you know, that you're not just like rewarded a lady, for instance, at the end of the right. movie or, you know, right. just lots yeah. of casual homophobia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun. It was a fun time. And more Cheers uh, cameos, yeah. which we'll talk about. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't be objective about this movie. I'm just going to say that right up front. Like all your criticisms are I'm 100% accurate. But this one was an absolute childhood favorite for me. I saw it at a slumber party and like immediately had to have it. So I rented it and then <laughs> connected one of my our VCRs to the other VCR. Oh. And I taped it off of VHS. <laughs> and I watched it over and over and over and over. So I, I will... I will not be offering any real criticisms today, even though they are very, very valid. <laughs> There's a Goonies-nisk yeah. to this movie yeah. that I like. Mm-hmm. I think it's because it, it, this is very much more of an adventure film than a horror film, even though it has a zombie in it and, you know, monsters and ghosts. It, it is an adventure film by way of a haunted house. Yeah. So, and then it introduces things like you said, like the bird that's like very Jim Henson esque. There's stop motion animation that's very Ray Harryhausen. Like all of those things are, were basically, I'm a ringer. Like I'm going to love those things, especially as a kid. I do not think it is the most culturally sensitive film. <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't no, say. it's not. <laughs> there is some really not okay stuff in this for sure by today's standards and also by those standards, I'm sure, even though people were definitely not talking about it in that way. And I think the Bill Maher of it all is, I mean, it, it as as backward thinking as some of it is, it was very forward thinking because it nailed Bill Maher back in 1986. <laughs> like, it was like, this is who this guy is. You're going to listen to him? There he is. <laughs> He's a sleazy record producer. Like this is in, in his spirit. Yeah. That is his archetype. Yeah, um, he's very self-satisfied yes. all the way back then. Yeah. And I loved Bill, the 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 uh, um, electrician slash oh, so adventurer. The yes. best he was part. so but when he opens his box and there's a saber inside it, I mean, shut up. He just casually takes it out. Yeah. I mean, all uh, the first time he catches the like sword with his, his hammer and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yes. Um, I don't know. I just think, you know, it just speaks to the, the spirit of the film. It's silly. It's slapsticky. It's adventure. It's goofy. And I just, I love it. I, but go ahead. Tell me how all the reasons it's terrible. Ariel, you're up next. <laughs> Rachel always thinks I'm going to ruin her good time with well, my criticisms. No, I, I, it won't ruin my good time. Like I'm, I, like I said, I'm not objective. Yeah, like I just love this movie, warts and all. Okay, so good news for you. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I yes. love this one more than the first one. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed a lot of the first one, but this one was like a sweet spot for me. Mm-hmm. It's so silly and so goofy. Like you were saying, the stop motion animation, mm-hmm. the puppetry, all of that is like, you know, like like Matilda was saying with the first one, a nostalgia bomb. Even though I never watched this yeah. as a kid, because this was yeah. the first time watch for me. Yeah, Jumanji could never. Right, right. (laughs) I just think this movie is, it's just so much fun. I love the grave robbing thing. I love Gramps. Gramps is hilarious and sweet. And there's these like tender familial moments between him and the great, great grandson or however many greats there were in that relationship. Uh Mm -hmm. It's so sweet. The silly relationship between our main character and his drunken best friend is Charlie. really funny too. Charlie, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I love the fact that 
from the get-go with the zombie grandfather. Weird shit is happening like every two seconds. And yet no one is like, hey, yo, this is weird. Why is this stuff happening? Like nobody questions it. They I know, just like there's a jungle the upstairs. There's right. a jungle upstairs. And okay. There are dinosaurs, like legit yes! dinosaurs. Yes! Nobody's yes. like, what is happening? <laughs> and there's like I a just, wrestler like, running around the house. And... Yes, yes. <laughs> it's just, it's so silly. I love all the stuff with like the party happening and they're having to try to hide things, but it's Halloween. So like Gramps can walk around and do his thing. It's just so funny. I love the baby pterodactyl bird and it's like grasping onto the crystal skull and refusing yeah. to let go and being fed a steak. It's so cute and it's so silly and i love that the dog a pillar and the baby pterodactyl and like his best friend and gramps everybody becomes like his family he says at one point Mm -hmm. it's so sweet now listen it's very yikes with the whole aztec stuff yeah (laughs) yeah yes that is definitely not great but it it very much is in keeping with a lot of these kind of culturally appropriative stuff that was happening in movies at the same time like this movie is not unique in that it's Mm -hmm. good to point out that we shouldn't have been doing that even back then and it's less okay to do something like that now yeah it would not fly i hope and so i'm glad like we can be critical of that but at the same time and maybe this is um not great to say but like it didn't detract from my love of this movie Because there's so glad I'm not alone. So much stuff in this that is so funny. I mean, when the when the skeleton dude's head gets blown off, like Mm -hmm. it's so funny. It's so much fun. And the practical effects in this movie are just they warm my heart. It's like the perfect kind of effects that I love, you know? And it has them constantly. It's not just like one or two scenes here or there. It's basically the entire movie, you know? I don't know. I really like this one. Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was ready to take it on the chin and everybody would be like, this is garbage. And I'd be like, yeah, but it's my garbage. But it's not. Yeah, it's no, like a really, yeah. it's for what it is, it's like a perfect little adventure movie of this era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It it's really a good, bad movie. Right. It yes. Is. That I will hundred percent take on right like, it it's, is a good bad movie yeah it's totally something where if you wanted to sit down and like critically analyze this i'm don't, sure there's a lot of like plot points don't do that it. don't hold together and <laughs> blah 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 yeah. but like i don't really care because <laughs> i yeah. just had so All much right. fun sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i just think it was a delight and i'm glad we watched it <laughs> and that's so rare for sequels you know so mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. i know there's four of these i don't know if it continues is there really old. four of yeah there's, are. there's yeah. four yeah. oh I, I didn't even know i think i feel like it's that we've probably seen what we need to see. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Because the other two, the other two, I want to say were straight to video, oh, and like okay. I even gotcha. forgot that the third one existed because it actually goes under a different name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, if they didn't have the same budget for practical effects, then I feel like why are we watching it? You know? Um, I and, just saw and, one of the practical effects from House Four. I'm gonna need to put it in the Discord. Oh, okay. I, I was gonna say, <laughs> and House do. Four technically has William Cat in it because it's. A continuation of his family but they kill him off like two minutes into the movie oh, it's like, no. yeah it like shows like a little bit of footage from the first one and then okay yeah so they were just trying to shoehorn them together the sequel mm-hmm. gotcha all right enjoy that ariel <laughs> okay <laughs>
Oh. <laughs> pizza face. Is that a pizza? <laughs> yes. I almost can't even tell. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It really just, you know what it looks like? They had a hole in the table with a guy sticking his face through and they just laid a pizza down on top of him. Pretty it, much. It, yeah. And cut some holes. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's how they did that. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so slimy looking? There's like no cheese. It's a greasy pizza. It's gross. Yeah, no, this mm. it, It's making yeah, me want pizza. <laughs> what is wrong with <laughs> That's making me want pizza. I think I just want pizza. <laughs> You know, Jody's looking at this at this chat, going, "What the fuck?" Right. I know it's my favorite thing to do is just put things in a chat that without like non sequiturs. They're just like, "What the fuck is happening?" I, I know that's it's like, always fun to record with DJ because that's something he excels at is just putting yes. random shit into yes. the chat yes. while you're talking yes. for you to discover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. Awesome. So. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to say about this before we wrap up our review of House 2? No, I think mm-hmm. I said everything other than, like, I really want a dog a pillar. That thing is so stinking cute. Right? So cute. All right, Sarah, would you recommend House 2? Absolutely. How about you, Matilda? I would. It's a good, bad movie. It's good. Okay. All right. And uh, Ariel? Unquestionably, yeah. Yeah, that's my girl. <laughs> Me too. It was one that I, like I said, grew up loving, and I was like excited to show my partner. We were promised to, we, like, a long time ago. We talked about like doing an exchange where he was going to show me something he loved from childhood, and I was going to show him uh-huh. how to do. And then you just never have time to do anything. So as sure. soon as we had this assignment, I was like, "It's happening." <laughs> and, and what did he loved Randy it? Thing? He oh, loved it. Yay. I mean, honestly, the, there's a crystal skull in the <laughs> yeah, opening, right. and that was like, it was kind of like. <laughs> in <laughs> we're done with this i was gonna say i mean this is like made for randy yeah it sure yeah. is <laughs> yeah yeah he had a good time he had a good time and i did too and i was a little nervous because i i did the math and it has been like 25 years since i've seen it oh wow mm-hmm. so i was like we'll see how this goes right. but it was weird how the dialogue was coming back to me oh damn you really did watch it a lot oh I watched it a lot. Yeah. Like <laughs> I watched like this story where I could just tell you the whole movie. And Labyrinth. Like there's uh-huh, like a handful of movies too. that yeah. I just watched on repeat. And this was this was in the mix. This yeah. was like like a Goonies kind of mm-hmm. juice. This. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. If I had seen this when I was a little kid, I would have adored it too, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, this is a successful double feature, Sarah. Yeah. We, yeah. We loved yeah, it. Thank you. Because I probably would not have gone to this well without mm-hmm. you. I had seen the first one but not for years and it wasn't one that I remembered super loving so I probably just never would have gone to them. But yeah. Mm, that yeah. second one, man, if I'm ever having a bad day, I feel like putting that movie on is a yes! good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, listeners, what did you think? Do you how do you feel about the House franchise? Should we actually watch 3 and 4? I don't know. Let us know. You can always drop us a line at Rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ZG Podcast. Why should they do that, Ariel? Why should they be on ZG Podcast? <laughs> well, uh, we post there every single day. Lots of horror memes that I think are pretty funny. We post all about anything women directed that's coming out. VOD calendars. If you want somebody to pick out a few movies for you to watch every weekend then you should show up there on fridays because rachel does just that and she's really good at it any horror news that's interesting we post about it and you can come on there and chat i'm on there every day rachel is frequently on there so if you want to comment on something or slip into our dms we're there and we'd love to chat 
Speaking of VOD, check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com where all the spooky stuff that's coming out. And if you uh, want to rep us, we have merch. Check it out at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. We've got some cool t-shirts. So definitely check that out. And if you want to support us and, and show your love, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can review us and rate us on uh, wherever it is that you're getting your pods. If it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, that is really, really helpful to us. And it also makes us feel really good. And then, of course, like everybody, we got a Patreon. And you can support us on Patreon. You get extended episodes. You get bonus episodes. You get oh, The next bonus episode is going to be very fun. We, uh, it's going to be ask Ariel anything essentially. <laughs> wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> I don't think I agreed to you agreed. I, there were very specific parameters. Wait, I thought no, this conversation. Hold on, I believe you said this sounds fun. Hold on, let me go back to I did, ask, but you specifically it, asked me about asking about editing stream. Queen. It's called the Ask Ariel <laughs> special. That's what the channel no, is called. Uh, Anything uh, special? <laughs> <laughs> I said, we're planning our next bonus episode. We want you to join us for the Madison, ask you some questions about what it's like to edit our apps. Do you see how specific that is? I, I just need you to take that in. I mean, <laughs> into your soul. <laughs> Think I about feel what you're like, going to do. <laughs> I feel like you're acting brand new. Like we don't know each other. <laughs> we haven't recorded together. But yeah, so you're definitely going to want to check out our next bonus episode because we're going to get to know uh, all about Ariel. It's and gonna it's be gonna all be about me. making Ariel as uncomfortable as possible. Tune in, folks. <laughs> <laughs> she was like writing a tell-all book. I feel like about the Scream Queens and it becomes yeah, exactly. about Ariel. <laughs> Thank you, Matilda. <laughs> mm-hmm. It'll be fun. Well, you know, Larry won't let it go too far. That's like, true. <laughs> Justin and if it were just you, me, and Justin, you'd be in danger. But like Mars and Larry will be we'll there to be like. Yeah, Mars not less so. <laughs> but Larry Larry will put some brakes on it, I think. He'll he'll get disgusted with us at some point. <laughs> anyway, so you're definitely going to want to check out our bonus episode. That just leaves our plan for the next episode. Ariel, you're in charge. Do you know what you want to cover? So my idea was one that you and I had talked about about a year ago or maybe it was Matilda. I don't remember. Um, where wow. I was telling that you, that was so meaningful. Wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> or maybe it was both of you. I don't know. But um, <laughs> we'll be where... talking about that on the Ask Area special. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I was telling you how I have some weird blind spots where I've seen mm. most of a series, but I haven't seen the third movie. And so yeah. I had wanted to do Exorcist three and Psycho three as mm. a combination, especially Psycho three because that one's supposed to be very like queer coded and stuff. So I'm right. down. I have them both. Oh, you do? Awesome. Yeah. All right. Until, unless you're sticking around for the Extended episode, that is it for us. Who would like to take us out? Sure. Go for it, Ariel. <laughs> All right. That's it for us at Zombie Girls. Thank you so much for listening to our reviews of these very silly movies, House and House 2. I hope you watched them and had a really good time and then listened to us. Cause, but if you didn't, like, go watch those movies. They're really good. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode where we didn't say it at the end of the episode, so we're just going to say it now. We're going to be covering the Heaven movie based on the epic literature, the tome, the magnum (laughs) opus that is V.C. Andrew's Heaven. (laughs) 
magnum opus. <laughs> How was that, Ariel? Did I do okay? <laughs> I think that perfectly encapsulates V.C. Andrews as a writer and this I agree! <laughs> I'm, thank you for finally coming around! <laughs> Now you get it. It's like no sarcasm detected. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be interesting. I want to talk about the movie. I also want to talk about like we've we've all now seen My Sweet Adriana. I think we've all seen Flowers in the Attic. Yes. No. Mm -hmm. Where this fits in with the whole like lifetime averse of V.C. (laughs) Andrews. Because I definitely was thinking about it as I watched this film. This this motion picture. Because yes. pictures were in motion. <laughs> <laughs> the literal definition is. And all was it started as a mini series? Like, did this air as a mini series, or did it oh, air like as a, a movie? bunch of these movies? Yeah, there, there's a movie for each book. There's like five of them. So. Okay, yep. yeah, because this like is also listed one. as like season one for some reason. Even though I watched it as yeah. a movie. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it played as a movie on Lifetime because it's only like an hour and forty minutes or something. Mm-hmm. But they they did a bunch of them. For all, like all of her books basically. yeah because because i rented this from the library and it came on a on a five movie disc oh, oh okay so did you immediately dive into the sequel oh god no <laughs> it has jason Priestley in it yeah and the new ones have fraser crane <laughs> do what? they really yeah who's fraser grammar weird uh, it's it's the backstory on the grandma from Flowers. Oh, oh is he playing the husband, Grandma? I don't know who he's playing. I just know that he's his pictures in it. I'm oh, gonna say, is there's one way to find out? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna suggest we read some Chuck Tingle for the next one. Okay, <laughs> okay. You know, I don't know that I've actually read an entire Tuck Tuck Chingle. Chuck Tingle. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> oh my god. I, I just want Larry to come on and like read sections of it. That would be well, we need yeah. him to do dramatic readings. Yeah, we, we need can, Larry we to make us the, an uh, audio Harriet book. Pauber. We can read the Harriet Prober uh, uh, novels. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening and to all my co-hosts for waking up early every month just to talk about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly. Our theme song for the show is 80s Halloween Horror by Megan McDuffie. 